All right. <laughs> um, I'm Melissa. This is Ryan. Uh, we're I actually no. <laughs> Maybe you should start. <laughs> okay. You start. <laughs> well, uh, I'm Ryan Speltz, and this is my wife Melissa. And this is our first podcast. We're um, going to be starting a series here where we talk to business owners. And uh, we actually have three different things we're going to do. One is going to be startup stories, hearing the stories of people who started their own business. And uh, just hearing from other business owners here locally, which should be fun. Um, I'm going to do a marketing and business tune-up show where um, business owners can bring little problems that they might be having, especially in regards to marketing or to you know, f the flow of the way their business runs. And so I, ha I have a talent at being able to tell people how to, you know, give them ideas on what they can fix. And then what was the third one? I, ha I have it written down, but <laughs> so mar uh, startup stories, marketing tune up, and there's another one. We'll figure it out. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we wanted to start with a little bit about ourselves and tell you the story. We own Connection Publishing. Uh, we also own a RoofMax dealership, but we'll mm -hmm. talk about our starting of uh, our Connection Publishing business and how that kind of came about. But I want to start with just a little bit of personal. Um, we've been married for 24 years. On Monday. On Monday. Yeah. Or, no, on Tuesday? Yeah, Monday. <laughs> yeah. So Monday is our anniversary, January 2nd, yeah. 1999, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, we have five kids. Our oldest is 21 and our youngest is 11. It's bookend boys, so we got boys on both ends and then three girls in the middle. And uh, we have, um, we love our family. That's awesome. We do. And luckily, a lot of people say, how do you work together as a couple? But for us, it's been great. We um, love each other. We have, um, you know, worked together now for six and a half years, and it's been the best thing ever. I, I love working with Melissa. She's got such good ideas and so many uh, talents and aspects that help me and just calm me down because <clears throat> I tend to be the idea guy. I've got a hundred a hundred thousand ideas, and um, she's a calming force. But she's always been supportive and always been really good to work with. So that's been been good. Do you want to say anything? Yeah, Ryan's um, awesome to work with, too. He um, is just such a hard worker. When he says he's going to do something, he does it. And uh, it's been fun to see just like our you've dreamed something and then to see it come to life. And it's been fun. It's been a crazy journey, but it's it's yeah. been... Today, it's fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about the journey here, yeah. too. So. <laughs> Okay, so... Um, I'm just going to ask you, um, first off, I mean, are we done talking about yeah. ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Okay. Um, so what uh, motivated you to start your own business? You know, I can remember even back in high school, I think I was in a class one time and they asked us what we wanted to do, you know, what we wanted to do when we grew up. And I remember saying I wanted my own business. <clears throat> I've always really looked up to both of my grandfathers um, and my father for that matter, but my grandpas were both entrepreneurs of some sort. Um, my, uh, my grandpa Speltz, that's our last name, he was a cattle rancher up in Idaho and uh, he uh, did that for many years. He was very uh, successful at it and uh, 
lived a very low key life, um, but had been very successful in his business and saved a lot of money. He actually provided me and my, uh, I have six sisters or five sisters. There's six of us total. And then my cousin's family had uh, five kids or four kids. Like, yeah, I think it's four, (laughs) but he provided $10,000 each to each of us to go to college through his savings and through his um, earnings through his business, which he never had the opportunity to go to college. So he really felt like that was a, a valuable tool for each of us, which obviously helped pay for college, which, which was great. My other grandfather, um, was, uh, kind of like me in a lot of ways. And I've always looked up to him, but he didn't really know what he wanted to be when he grew up, which is something I've struggled with, not, not struggled with, but just, I didn't have a clear direction. I I didn't want to be a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer or accountant or any of those things. And, um, I remember taking an accounting course in college. My dad is an accountant and I called him and and I was like, this is what you do for a living? This seems terrible. And he just laughed. He's like, it's important stuff. Pay attention. So um, it, it was good to learn, but I couldn't imagine doing that for a living. So I just wasn't that way, you know, and I didn't have a clear path. At one time, I wanted to be a teacher. I do love teaching. Um, but, I, you know, I opted a, away from that, which I think I, is probably good. I, I would have gotten bored if I had just been in one career for, you know, 25 years or whatever. So... But that motivation to have my own thing sat with me my entire life. But all of a sudden, I was 40. Uh, I had this dream and I had never actually pursued it. I had a couple little small things along the way that we dabbled in and tried, but nothing ever really stuck. And so that was, um, you know, that was level one, if you will. And I really wanted to do this. But another problem I always had was what to actually do. You know, we, we talked about it so many times, but I didn't have, just didn't have a clear way to do that. So interestingly enough, my job uh, came to an end. Um, they had a change in technology as happens in the world. And um, I could see the writing on the wall and they they wanted us to, um, you know, either change or, or move on. And I opted to move on. So I was without a job. I said, I'm 40, let's make this happen. And well, I was 39 at the time, but let's make this happen. And so I got online as you do. And I searched up options and franchises and different things. We didn't have a ton of money, uh, but we had some savings. And so I thought, well, let's, let's buy something and, and have our own thing. And um, I found this one that I was really interested in. I purchased the franchise or whatever it was. And about six months in, I knew I had made a mistake and uh, it started becoming a, a challenge. But <clears throat> I did that for about a year. But in that time, we were still praying and brainstorming and trying to figure out what we could do next. And so that's that was kind of the motivation behind it. And um, I'll let you talk a little more about this, but one day I was uh, driving my son. We live in Ogden, Utah, the northern part of Utah, and um, BYU is in Provo, which is about an hour and a half to two hours away, depending on traffic. So I was driving him down to a um, a kind of a camp, you know, like a week-long camp. They uh, called it EFY at the time. It's different now, but I was driving him down there, and for some reason it just popped in my head. I had worked for... Um, a company in Las Vegas that um, did publishing and they had published city magazines or or actually HOA magazines. So they had teamed up with HOAs and my brother-in-law found out about them. And so 
we had this uh, magazine for them in this area in Las Vegas. And it, it went pretty good at first. And then the 2008 crash happened and, you know, advertisers would call us and say, well, we want to keep advertising, but we can't pay you right now. And we're like, that's not how it works. So eventually that magazine closed. <clears throat> and then um, we eventually moved to Utah. It was in Las Vegas at the time. It's where I grew up. And then um, I called my, my wife and I said, Melissa, what do you think about starting a magazine like we had down in Vegas, but we control the content instead of it being someone else and I'm just selling the ads. And that's kind of where the idea came from. So when Ryan called me, I was on my way to girls camp. I was the camp director for our church. And um, Ryan told me his idea and I was like, oh, it's probably just an idea. Like when I get back from girls camp, it's probably going to be like, oh, it was, it was a good idea, but here's another idea. And so I just had this feeling like it wasn't going to stick. So I was like, oh, that yeah, that's a great idea. And then... Um, we, I got back from girls camp and we had this long drive. Um, I took a nap and then that night we left to pick up our son and then we had to drive to Lake Powell for a family reunion with Ryan's sister. Um, they own a, a houseboat there on, at Lake Powell and so it was a long drive and so it was gonna be an all-nighter and um, the whole way we talked about it and all the kids were asleep and we, every time, like the whole time we were talking, I just felt the Spirit so strongly. And, um, and we had been praying so much for guidance um, it, to know what we should do. And I told Heavenly Father, like, please just let me know when we find it. And um, so <laughs> when I felt the Spirit, I'm like, okay, I guess this is it. We're gonna we're gonna move forward with this and uh, and you know like I always thought once you receive that prompting from Heavenly Father, then everything just falls into place. It's gonna be super simple, super easy. And um, but we learned that it's not always easy. You know, you have some things you have to learn, and sometimes it's hard. But yeah. So yeah, and on my end, I I think this. This is actually really um, a neat business for me because I have a unique personality in that I, I am a salesman. I've been a, that's been my career is, is selling uh, for different companies and um, I enjoy it. I enjoy meeting people. I've always uh, taken pride in being an honest salesman and, and uh, telling people the truth and helping people make purchases that will benefit them and uh, you know bring blessings to their life. That's just been the way I've done it. Um, I've even had conversations with mentors that said, you know, you should, um, you could make more money selling this versus that. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I still like that. <laughs> it doesn't matter that I can make more money. I, I would prefer to do something that I particularly love. So with this, I get to be a part of the sales and be out and meeting people, especially business owners, which I love, which is, you know, an exciting and neat, neat part of what we do. But on the other hand, we get to be creative and come up with content and come up with ideas that we hope that people will be entertained by and enjoy. And so that's been great. But why don't you tell the story about when we first got started and you just assumed I was going to handle everything. And, <laughs> well, we both did, I think. Yeah. So I had been a stay-at-home mom for 16 years. Um, our oldest was 15, maybe around there. 
Um, our youngest was not, he had another year until he would be in kindergarten. And so um, I just was like, okay, like I'll make top ramen for dinner. Like I just, my parents had their own business too. And they started it when I was um, 11. And um, so I knew that it wasn't going to be easy, you know, just seeing their, their journey. And, but so I was like, okay, I'll make homemade bread. I'll, I'll do what I need to do to help our family on this end, but go ahead, go <laughs> start this business. I, I support you on this end. And then, um, Ryan started working. We got the okay from the city, which took a long time. Um, just, you know, every time you have to go meet with the city council, but they only meet every so often and, um, it takes time to get everybody on board. And so it took a little bit of time and then we were there and Ryan was working. He was out there selling. Um, and then it came to about, I don't know, a week and a half or two weeks before this magazine was supposed to go to print. And I was like, I, I think I need to help you. Can I help you with anything? And he said, yeah, can you start gathering content? And so we made a plan and then I went out and honestly, it was so scary for me because I had been a stay at home mom for so long, going out and asking people to put their lives in a magazine that's going to go out to everybody in our community, um, even putting our life in the magazine was really hard for me. Um, but I went out and um, gathered up all the information and it was great and then Ryan's like okay can you do that again and so I went from being a stay-at-home mom to um, going to women and business meetings which um, I wasn't a business lady so I had to like learn how to like be myself in this community um, that you know they're very fancy they dress up very nice and I was a t-shirt and jeans kind of mom and um, but I learned so much and everybody was so kind and it was great. So, and on my end, you know, I, I've been a salesman my whole career and there's always that fear when you start something new and you're selling something new, will I be able to do it? Can I figure it out? At that point I'd been selling things for 20, almost 20 years. And so I thought, Oh, I'll, I'll be fine. But there was a lot of fear for me just trying to go out and talk to businesses and tell them what we were going to do. Part of that fear was it was the first time it was mine and I didn't want to mess it up. The second part of that fear was I didn't have a product. Like I had to go out and sell ads and be like, we're going to make this imaginary magazine <laughs> and uh, it's going to be great. The idea, just to give a little bit of background, is we decided we wanted to be the official city magazine. So replace the fold-up newsletter that most people get with their utility bill. But things, times have been changing, and often people pay their utility bill online, and they didn't get that bill in the mail anymore. So cities were struggling and still struggle to get the word out, to tell everybody about what's happening in their community. And so we come in and offer um, what we felt like it was a good win-win, is we'll create a full-featured, full-color magazine, the first Eight pages will be city news and information. It'll sit or serve as the city um, newsletter. And then the rest mm -hmm. of the publication, 32 to 64 pages, will be local human interest stories, recipes, students of the month, business spotlights, uh, feature stories. We wanted to have great content that people loved and would read. And that, that of course, would be supported by 
um, advertising. And then the advertising sales is how we make our money. And so that's what we proposed to the city. Mm -hmm. But it took so much time to sell, and I was out every day. Well, I got to tell a little story. I have a good friend, Shane Weiser. He was my boss before at another company. And um, I told him what I was doing, and he was very supportive of it. And he said, hey, that sounds great. Go uh, go do it. And then he, um, <laughs> I was I was struggling. He's like, how are your sales going? And I was like, I, I've talked to a bunch of people, but I haven't made any sales. And he went into a local car dealership here, John Watson Chevrolet, and, and met with the son of the owner, who's now the owner. And he said, um, hey, my friend's starting this idea. He's going to be selling advertising. You should be in it. And um, Corey Watson, who is uh, the owner of John Watson Chevrolet, he said, yeah, I'm interested in that. Have him come and see me. And so I went in and met with him, and that was my very first sale. He signed an advertising agreement for a year. They've been with us for six years now, and it, they've been a great partner. But it's, you know, that was that first, like, it pushed me over the edge to get that sale. Like, okay, people will buy this. Even though I don't have anything to show them yet, they, they'll buy into the concept of what we're going to do. And from there, it got better and better and started making sales and kind of building it from there. So Yeah, he's um, a good friend. Yeah, he's a good friend. So why don't you tell maybe what was the hardest thing for you in this whole process? Like, what's been the most challenging? Okay, I think... Uh, the hardest part was juggling being a mom and working. Um, and we were not just working, like, it wasn't even a full-time. It was, like, over full-time. Um, like, we would, we were just constantly working. Um, my youngest, our youngest son, Gray, he was probably four um, at that time, and he was just my buddy, so he would come with me to to interview people or get stories and take pictures and all of that stuff. And I think that was the hardest part is just juggling being a mom, um, having dinner made, um, being on that side, like where you have to make dinner because you don't have a lot of money coming in. And then also working a ton of hours and then having the house clean and take, you know, laundry and taking care of your family. So I think that was, that was the hardest part for me. So how about for you? Well, from an observation standpoint, mm -hmm. too, with you, I remember we did Student of the Month. We still do it. And so mm -hmm. we award Student of the Month to some high-performing students in the schools, you know, local mm -hmm. schools in each area. And <clears throat> you had to go to the school, and you were so nervous to so go talk nervous. to these school administrators yeah. about awarding this thing. And I just remember saying they're going to like it because it's like a good thing. You know? <laughs> but she was just so nervous about possible rejection and yeah. then just getting out and putting herself out there. Well, and, and like you said, like talking about a magazine that doesn't exist, like, yeah. like I can't show them like, Oh, this is what other city, like we do for other cities, but it got easier with new cities that we gained yeah. because I did have something to show them. And yeah. so, yeah, that was so hard. But like, like you said, everybody was kind, and they yeah. were on board. They, they wanted to um, have another place that they could highlight their students and, yeah. you know, so. I would say the hardest thing for me, it's, it's hard to say because it changes probably <laughs> as time goes on, but initially the hardest thing was I always said, well, if I could own my own business, then I would be in control, and I could decide what we do, where it goes, 
and that that is true. I have that desire to be like, you know, the the person who founded it. That's that's why we didn't do another franchise because I was like, it just needs to be ours. We need to start mm-hmm. it from scratch. But starting things from scratch, as if if you're an entrepreneur, you know how hard this is. It is just so tremendously challenging Mm -hmm. and just even getting the word out about what you do. Luckily, I was a direct salesman before, so I just got out and went and talked to businesses. That helped. It didn't make it easy, but it helped that I knew how to go do that. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't afraid. Like I sometimes I have have had clients who start stores or things and they really struggle to just get people to know what they do because they're new. And when you're new, a lot of times you don't have a lot of money. So you can't spend, you know, thousands of dollars a month on advertising because it just doesn't, it doesn't work. You just don't have it. And so uh, we benefited from me just getting out and going and talking to the people we were serving door to door, face to face, belly to belly, just like I'd done my whole career. And it, it, that was a benefit, but man, it sure was hard to mentally get there. And then the complexities of starting a business. So I remember one of the things that happened is we had two neighboring cities that we started with, North Ogden and Pleasant View. And so I was trying to figure out with the post office how to mail to North Ogden and then they border each other so that there's a line, you know, it's a squiggly line that goes down through the city. Yeah. And then on the other side is Pleasant View. And I went to the post office and I was like, well, how do I tell the difference between the addresses from Pleasant View and North Ogden? And they're like, we don't know. I was like, you're the post office. How do you not know? And they're like, well, it's all 84414. So it doesn't matter to us. We just deliver like our, our, uh, you know, postal delivery people, they just go up the street. And if it crosses over into the other city, they're not paying attention. They're just delivering to the address. And so they're like, we really don't know. And that was really challenging. And I remember just fretting over this and late nights trying to figure it out. And so eventually I got out in my car and I would drive to where I'd look on the map. They had these, you know, county and city maps on Google. And so I'd look at the map and I'd go drive to that location and find the houses and I would write down the addresses so I knew where the numbers started into Pleasant View and stopped in North Ogden. And I had to go up through this whole line and do that to, I don't know, probably two or three hundred houses. Yeah. I don't remember. It was it was a lot and it took forever yeah. and it was all done by hand. And that's just one of those things where if you, when you start a business, you just have to be like all in and just say, doesn't matter what it takes. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And that was one of those hard things. But so what's been the best part then for you? Uh, um, I think there's a couple of things like I've really loved working with Ryan. I feel like um, we've become closer as a couple, which is really cool. Like you said, some couples can't do that, but we've become closer. We've, we have the same goals we're working towards and, um, we work hard together and we have to have meetings together. And we sometimes have those meetings during lunch or dinner, which is really fun. Um, so I liked that we got to spend more time together, but, um, also I think I liked, um, that we were teaching our kids to follow, that follow your dreams, you know, um, we were showing them like, this is our dream and we're going to go do it. And, um, now that our kids are older, they, (laughs) our oldest son, he was young at that time. I mean, we were super poor because we had started this business and all of our money was going into it. And he would get really upset sometimes. He was at that junior high age where, you know, it was super important for you to have a lot of clothes and a lot of shoes and different things and we couldn't afford it. And so, 
Um, but he, he just, he would get mad at us and say, why don't you get a real job, you know? And but now he's 21 and, and we talked to him and he, he's just proud of us. And now he started his own business with you too. And, and I was shocked when he did that because he, it was so hard on him. But I think he, he understands like, this is what I want to do. And so he's going to go forward too. And I just, I hope that helped our kids. I feel like it, it has, they're super hard workers because they've seen us work hard. And so I think it's benefited our family in that way. But how about you? Well, I think because I have had that dream for so long, that's been really fulfilling to start something and to actually see it develop into a real company, you know, and have employees and have responsibilities and have problems and fires to put out and all those things that sometimes are day to day so challenging. But in reality, I just feel so grateful that we have that. It's interesting because I made more money working for other people. I, I had a successful career and I, you know, I, I, you know, we, we weren't and aren't millionaires or anything like that, but we had, uh, I, I made good money. We have a beautiful home. We live in a really nice part of town. Um, we, uh, you know, I don't like spending a lot of money on cars. And so we, we don't drive the nicest cars, but we have like six of them, you know, we have, <laughs> From a 1972 Chevy pickup that we use for our Roof Max business to, you know, cars that all of our kids can drive and things like that. So yeah. that's been, I, I feel very blessed that we've lived that life, you know, and the, that we've been blessed in that way. But this has been way harder from an income standpoint, but so satisfying yeah. because, you know, we've built something from zero to now over $700,000 in business. We have five publications. And we've had successes and failures along the way, but yeah. we definitely have had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of success. So I think that's probably the best part is just looking back on that. And it has carried over to our children that hard work ethic. Um, mm -hmm. Just recently, life has changed significantly for us in the last year. So our, um, well, I guess it's been, it feels like a year, but it's probably been more like two and a half, but <laughs> our kids have started growing up. You know, we have a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old, and an almost 18-year-old, and all three of them, uh, the 21-year-old had moved out a little while ago, um, and then um, our 19-year-old and 17-year-old uh, moved out, and they went up to potentially go to college. Um, it's funny, they moved to go to college, and then they didn't go to college, so they've yeah. just been working and, and trying to earn money, but they just wanted to get out of the house. Yeah. But they've all had to get jobs, and it's been really satisfying as a parent to watch them because they have excelled. Each time they get a job, each time one of them gets a job, they're just such hard workers. And they've, you know, utilized that to become successful in their jobs, get promotions, you know, get lots of praise. And as a parent, that's just so satisfying because you, you just hope that you've taught the good principles to your kids and that they'll use them when they uh, do that. So, so that's been really probably my my favorite thing yeah. you know as part of that so yeah um I don't know um so kind of like walk us through the journey uh, that that we've been through like um when after we started this business so um I met the mayor one day um he was a newer mayor in our city. I actually hadn't even voted for him. I didn't know him before and 
didn't vote for him. I voted for a guy that I kind of knew, and but this guy won, and I, I didn't really care. They they both seemed like good guys, but he um, became the mayor, and then um, they started going to church with us, and I, I was like, oh, that's the mayor, and so I went over and met him, and we talked, and a couple weeks later, I called. Uh, I, I we had this idea, and so I called him and I said, hey, I, I want to uh, meet with you if if you're open to it. And I want to tell you about this idea I have that I think would benefit the city. And he said, sure, let's meet. And so I went in and met with him and presented the idea. And it was one of those things where it wasn't even fully formed yet as an idea. I just, mm -hmm. I knew I'd worked for that magazine and I knew, um, you know, they had done official HOA publications. And so I was like, well, maybe I could be the official city magazine. HOAs aren't as popular up here as they were in Las Vegas. And so um, but it just wasn't fully an idea. And um, interestingly enough, that mayor and I butted heads a few times, but he actually helped me formulate the business plan because he'd be like, well, that's not a good way to do that. And, and he'd get mad at me. And, mm -hmm. and I was a little, I am stubborn. And so often I would, you know, kind of bite back. But eventually I would say, you know what, there's wisdom in what he's saying. He's one of my clients. And so I need to try and help him with what he wants and help him get what he wants and it, mm. it, it helps so but that was the start and we initially just started selling but all of the money that we would make from advertising was going towards publishing the, the magazine yeah. and so I would work nonstop. I mean I would uh, as soon as a magazine would go to print then I would go back out and start selling and I'd sell all day and I'd network with people and I'd get to know people and I'd sell ads and and then um, I'd come home at night after businesses start, you know, people started leaving or whatever. I'd come home at night and we'd work on content and we'd put yeah. together, we do some things that are very manual, you know, like we put together a, um, a calendar of events of anything we can find in the local area mm -hmm. so that people can just open up the magazine and see what's happening. And uh, that was time consuming. Yeah. The recipes weren't too bad. My wife, is a great cook. She loves to cook, and she's even done a few blogs over the years yeah. of uh, food. You know, she has some food allergies, and so she and her sisters, who have the same allergies, did a blog with that. And yeah. then she's also even done ones where our kids are like, "We need this recipe. We need that recipe." But with them moving around, she's kind of put that together, and so that's been really fun. But because fun. of that, she has thousands of pictures of food. <laughs> I'm always like, "Why are you taking a picture of your food?" So. She, but that's been so beneficial to the business because we've done recipes now for six years. That's a lot of recipes when you do three or four every month and you put together these ideas, which is kind of cool. And yeah. um, food has always been important to us and both of our families are, uh, you know, we, when we get together, we eat really delicious food. Both of our, our moms are awesome cooks and our grandmas are awesome cooks. So it's been, that's been a, a fun part of that. But it just was so overwhelming all of the stuff we were doing at first and it was us two and we had hired a graphic designer christina who was yeah, amazing so she had amazing done magazines for many years and yeah. she was incredible and she would guide us because we're like what do we do here and she would tell us well most magazines do this and that helped a lot and so we started publishing and then as we got our first few magazines out and the magazine was at least paying for itself we weren't taking any paychecks at all, and that was really challenging. We were really suffering. But I had this impression that we also needed to be online because clearly, you know, we live in the 21st century. So I, um, I worked really hard. I had to figure out how to build a website, which um, I had never done before. Yeah. 
and I put together the website and so we started publishing everything in print and then everything online on a website and then we would share all of that information on social media as well so that our the goal or the idea was that everybody will be able to see this um, no matter how they consume information like if they just are on their phone and they're going through Facebook they can see our articles and, can, and read them that way and or if they want to go to the website they can do that and if they want to go to you know uh, if they want to read the magazine they can and and then we even put the magazine into a digital format so like you can look at it on an iPad as its fully designed self which is kind of cool too so that, cool. that was that was a, an important point it just took so many hours I just remember I mean I would work sometimes till one in the morning and we'd be back up early the next day out running around trying to get sales trying to gather news and information and we never were a news magazine it was always no stories but you still have to put it together and then uh, Melissa is this is her superpower she has so she's so good at brainstorming and coming up with ideas but then she would sit down and she wasn't as good of a writer and yeah. so she couldn't get him the stuff in her head out onto paper and so I became her ghost writer and so she'd come to me and because I know her so well I could take what she was saying as her ideas and I could turn them into an article and then have them be from her and it was pretty bad at first like my writing was really bad it was a little <laughs> embarrassing you know like you really because you I'd work so hard I'd spend hours and hours and then Ryan would come in and just like fix it in like two minutes and it was a little frustrating I wished at that time that I was a good writer so kids pay attention in school <laughs> in your English class because <laughs> it does come in handy it is important and I wouldn't even say I'm a good writer but I'm uh, I'm better at putting things to I think because mm -hmm. of my sales background I was able to I'm a very conversational writer I'm not like a, a very technical you know yeah. super skilled writer we have a lot better writers that work for us now but yeah. at that time I was all we had so but I was good at least at communicating making it clear so people could uh, tie into that so yeah. but I think you know at that point it just seemed like <laughs> I remember thinking I got a boulder on my back and I'm climbing a gravel <laughs> hill like two steps forward three steps back it just felt like we were there was never any money and what was interesting is we'd get a, a deal somebody would say okay I'll advertise they'd sign up for a, like a four thousand dollar contract for example and I thought oh man that is so much money and they would say, I'm going to pay in full. I'd be like, oh, that's even better. Like, that'll give us some money. And we'd put that into the account, and it would just get sucked right out with, yeah. you know, postage and print costs and paying everybody. And for the first couple of years, I just remember thinking, we're getting, like, we're the last ones that are paid. Everybody else gets paid except yeah. for us. We pay the printer. We pay the postman. We pay, you know, anybody else who worked on the publications, and then we don't we don't get paid, and it was it was frustrating. I think the first year we made eighteen thousand dollars. The second year we made seventeen thousand dollars, and that was our only income. And yeah. so we had a little bit of savings. We had to use a little bit of debt. Like it it was pretty frustrating. We were in dire straits and very stressful. I lost a car. Had to return it to the bank because I couldn't make the payments yeah. on it. And lost some hair. <laughs> I did have hair when we started. Yeah, yeah. I had more hair than I have now. So <laughs> that was gained that some was weight. Yeah. yeah, it was a little crazy. Yeah. So now today, so what happened as we started North Ogden? About I'd say seven or eight months in, I got a phone call, and it was the city manager from Syracuse City, which is a, another local city here in, in Utah. 
um, named similar to Syracuse and New York. I think people who started that city came from there, but yeah. they um, they called and said, hey, we saw your North Ogden magazine. Are, are you are you interested in doing other cities? And I said, sure, we'll, we'll do other cities. And so we met with Syracuse City. Again, it took longer than we were expecting, mm-hmm. but eventually they signed the agreement and said, we want to have your uh, publications as well. And so we started doing that, which is which was um, really cool. And then another city called and another city. So today we have five publications. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had one that failed that didn't make it. And uh, it was sad because we really loved doing the publication, but we just couldn't get the ad support for it. It was too big of a city, but we've learned a lot from that, which was, yeah. was good. It didn't really fit our niche, which yeah. is the smaller cities. The bigger city is such an expense to print and then mail a mm-hmm. really large population that we just couldn't make the finances work on it and then we were losing money on it so we Mm -hmm. had to close it last year um but we have five different cities that we work with Mm -hmm. we have um seven employees outside of us um four of those are full-time and then um three are part-time and then we have about 10 contractors so the contractors include writers graphic designers and um like content people, people who help with like proofreading or, you know, uh, putting things on social media, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We've kind of found a good little niche there where we have a lot of stay-at-home moms yeah. that wanted to work but didn't want to have a job. They wanted flexibility around their kids, and so we have a few of those, which has been, which has been really nice. So, yeah. so right now that's what it looks like. Um, last year we did um, just over seven hundred thousand dollars in sales. Um, <clears throat> we. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I was really afraid because obviously the world was changing. Mm-hmm. And so we were really nervous, but the pandemic really didn't uh, hurt us that much. We actually grew during the pandemic, which was mm-hmm. kind of fun. But um, the, the post-pandemic situation has been much more difficult. We're actually dealing with that right now, but our costs have gone up significantly. About 65%, the print costs have increased, paper shortages and all of those things have caused major yeah. increases there. We're hoping there's some easing on that this year, but that's made it very challenging. But um, again, I'm grateful that we have something to be challenged with, um, yeah. and I can tend to get bored if I'm not challenged, so so that's, um, that's there as well. But um, what's your favorite part about the business nowadays? Um, I think it is... The people that we work with, um, we just have so many people that we've um, met over the years. Um, we've actually even just like our advertisers, they're, they've become our friends. We just have a lot of connections and um, people that are around us, which has been really fun. So, um, And then they work with us and um, we have like a writer's meeting, a content meeting and it's fun to hear everybody else's idea ideas and then to see it come to life you know on paper too and so I don't know I think things like that I love the creativity of it and um I I call myself a wannabe photographer before we started this magazine but I've taken so many pictures now I feel like um I've grown and I actually call myself a photographer now um and then she's really good and then um with the food blog and all that stuff like um all those food blogs and all the pictures that I had with food it's been really fun to see all of those recipes go out into print too so 
I don't know, I think the creativity part is really fun. How about you? What's your favorite part? <clears throat> I definitely agree with that. I think my favorite part, though, is despite all the challenges and despite uh, all of those frustrations, you know, with costs going up so much and just it being overwhelming and constantly worried about, are we going to make enough revenue to cover the costs and all of those things? Mm -hmm. Looking back and seeing how hard we worked, but it's here, you know, we've created something, we've built it into a company that's, you know, it's providing income for people. This is, mm -hmm. you know, we have employees and we love them like family and they're awesome and they, they work really hard for us. And, but this is, that's a value I've had for a long time is I wanted to create something that had a positive impact in the world, but I also wanted something that created an opportunity for people to be impacted by it. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think we impact our cities. Uh, I think they get a huge benefit from having the publications because it's in just such a better format than the old newsletter style mm -hmm. that's um, very positive. I think our readers benefit from it. We had the idea initially where, you know, you think about old time back in the day, people would sit on their porch and they, you know, sit on their rocking chairs and people would walk up and down the street and they would share the news and the gossip and they would visit, but everybody knew everybody. And today, we pull up to our house, we hit the button, we pull into the garage, hit the button again, and get out of our car and go inside, and mm -hmm. we don't know our neighbors. Um, we've spent our life in two different places. We lived the first 10 years of our marriage in Las Vegas, and we've spent the net, you know, the, the last, uh, what is it, 13 years, 14, 14 years now? Yeah. 14 years here in northern Utah. My, I'm from Las Vegas, she's from northern Utah, so that's kind of what brought us up here was to be closer to her family for a while and we loved it but Utah's a lot more warm of a place like more willing for neighbors to know each other but I just still felt like people didn't feel connected to their community that's why we called it connection publishing mm -hmm. especially for me being an outsider well and both of us really we were outsiders for this particular community mm -hmm. um, her sister lived here at the time and so that was what brought us to North Ogden but just that it felt like I didn't know, I felt way more at home in Las Vegas. I just knew Las Vegas, I knew the area, and I didn't feel that way here. And it's amazing how many times we've actually heard that from people where they're like, we moved in here and then all of a sudden your magazine showed up in the mail and it just made me feel connected to the community. It made yeah. me feel like I knew what was happening and it was just such a, it's such a cool tool that way. I think that's looking at it from, you know, moving back out of the problems and the messes of the everyday I think that's the thing that I just feel proud that we built that, that yeah. despite how hard it was, we we even came up with our own hashtag, SWASH, S-W-A-S-H. Somehow we are still here. <laughs> because, you know, making $17,000 in a year and $18,000 the next year, it's just not enough money. It no, just with five kids and... Yeah, yeah. it was miserable. And it's... a. It's a miracle. We, we um, you know, thank Heavenly Father every day because yeah. not only are we here, but we, during that time, we kept our house. Um, that, that was a legitimate concern at one point that we weren't, we weren't making our house payment, but that worked out. We didn't have money for Christmas uh, and miraculously, like $1,200 showed up in the mail one day in an yeah. unmarked envelope. And another year, um, our religious leader, we call him a bishop, but our bishop showed up and he gave us, he's like, I just feel this prompting. I was given this by some, another member of, of our church 
and he said they want to remain anonymous but they said please give this to someone who needs it and he's like i had the f strongest feeling that that's you guys and he showed up and he gave us a thousand dollars and we had just told the kids like it's gonna we're not really gonna have that much of a christmas yeah we're not gonna year. have any presents and yeah it'll be okay but this is it's not gonna be that big of a christmas and then we were able to have christmas for them and it was yeah, yeah. it made us special. cry our um, garage broke one yeah. year and uh, our cars were all in the garage and we had to like move everything out. It was Jan it was December and it was freezing outside that year, like <laughs> in the negatives. Our neighbors are like, what are you doing? Like you don't clean, clean your garage. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and um, we told them and we went to Las Vegas for the holidays and then we came back and our garage was fixed. And uh, so it was the spring. And if you've ever had that happen, it, it puts all the pressure of that spring keeping the garage closed. So even mm -hmm. two or three people trying to lift the garage, we couldn't do it. Yeah. So our cars were stuck in the garage, but luckily <laughs> we have a three car garage that it's connected. And so we had a bunch of crap over there. The bikes we, and yeah, like all the kids stuff and, and boxes and whatever yeah. and tools. And so camping gear, we pulled all of that stuff out and put it in the yard. And then we, we did like 300 point you know, backing up and going forward out. to get the cars out that third car garage. It was not easy. No. It took hours. But we're like, we'll be okay. We don't have the money to fix our garage, but well, it'll still be okay. We're yeah. going to see family for Christmas. We'll just keep our cars we'll outside. We'll just park outside. That's okay. Yeah. You know, it's, we're not, it's not the end of the world. But anonymously, we don't know who did it, but yeah. a garage door company showed up, fixed our garage. They had to replace the garage, so they put a new garage door in. Yeah. And I, I had called garage door companies, and this was one of the companies that I called asking for prices. And I was just told her, we can't afford it. We just yeah. don't have the, the money to do that. And miraculously, he, this company shows up and I was like, hey, I didn't hire you guys. Like, I just got a bid from you. I, I, I don't have the money to pay for this. And he looks at the paperwork, the, the tech, he looks at the paperwork and he's like, well, this is paid for. It's paid in full. And I'm like, what? I didn't, I didn't pay. Like, yeah. I was so confused. And he, uh, he was really sweet. He was like, I think somebody loves you. Yeah. Like, I think somebody's watching out for you. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And yeah, it was really was pretty special. Yeah. So we've been blessed along the way, but it's been a definite, definite like up and down roller coaster ride. But mm -hmm. yeah, I am proud of us too for the things we've done. So and last year, um, uh, things have changed. Obviously, we've been able to um, you know increase our income, which has been great. We've been able to put money into savings, which has been great, and we've been able to do some other things. And uh, a quote that I quote to my kids quite often is that you know poor people buy stuff rich people buy more stuff and wealthy people buy assets and uh, we've wanted to build wealth and so we've decided to focus on buying some assets and my son my oldest had gone out last summer I was really proud of him because uh, he as a younger man he tended to give up on stuff pretty easily like he played baseball. He was really good at baseball. Mm -hmm. and he played football. Um, he's pretty good at football. But as soon as things got hard, like he went to the high school to do tryouts or, or their preseason workouts, and he just didn't he didn't like it. It was too hard, and so he gave up on football. And then he eventually gave up on baseball because his grades weren't good enough to be able to stay on the team. And 
and instead of fixing his grades, he was just like, all right, I just won't play baseball. And it was so frustrating as a parent to watch your kid make those choices because you knew, and it has been true, he regrets making a lot of those decisions. But at uh, 19 or whatever he was, he decided he was going to go out and do summer sales, which in Utah, if you're not from here, it's kind of an interesting thing. Sales is a common part of our life. There's um, the biggest direct sales companies in the world are located in Utah, yeah. and they send out tons of young men and young women across the United States to go do door-to-door -door sales. It's kind of a cultural thing, and growing up in Las Vegas, that was not the case there. So I know it's not everywhere, but it is very, uh, you know, very popular here. And so um, he decided with his friends they were going to go out and sell pest control out in, uh, in Florida, Texas, Florida, and Alabama, and. Mm -hmm. He went out, uh, not this last summer, but the summer before, and I thought, man, I know it. I've done door-to-door -door sales. I've done it for a long time. It is not an easy job. It is a lot of rejection, a lot of mental, you know, it really trains your mental um, toughness because it is so tough to stay focused when you're just not getting sales, and he... I thought, there's no way he's going to go out there and do well at this. And not only did he make it through the summer, but he made like $40,000 that summer and he did so well. We were just so surprised and so proud of him. I don't know about surprise. He's really a sharp kid. He's dynamic. But I just, I just was so proud that he stuck with it despite it being hard. And I came across uh, RoofMax, which is a kind of a new concept. It's a spray on, it's a soybean oil compound that you spray on asphalt shingles and it treats them, reanimates them, makes them flexible again so that they can continue doing their job. So it basically mm -hmm. gives you five more years, up to 15 more years on an old roof. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> we have an old roof. And I thought <clears throat> that would be a cool product to have, you know, um, to spray on our roof. And I actually saw a TikTok video on it. That's how I found out about <laughs> it. TikTok became huge during the pandemic. And so um, I filled out the little form and asked them to call me. A couple weeks went by and nobody called me. And then I saw the ad again and I was like, huh, I, that, that company never called me. That's weird. So then I, I went in and um, went to the main corporate website and they're nationwide and um, have hundreds of dealerships now. But I went on there and I um, sent an email or a message or something. And, and I just said, hey, I, I sent in information. I didn't get anything back. And I got the message back. Well, we don't have we don't have a dealer in your area. So that's why nobody's calling you because there's nobody that could actually do the service. And I was like, oh, well, how much is a dealership? And the price was such that we could afford to do it, And but we're very busy with, with uh, Connection Publishing. And so I thought, well, that's a cool idea, but I don't know how I could pull that off and you know have that be there. But I really like the idea of having another asset, like a, a business like that. So I called my son and I said, hey, I'm really proud of you for what you've done this last year, and would you ever consider being in business with me, you know, being my partner? And um, and he was like, oh, I don't know, what do you have in mind? And so I sent him all the information on, on uh, RoofMax. We, I got the, you know, the dealership information from him. I told my son I can afford to, you know, buy a dealership and all the equipment that is needed to do it. I just can't work it. I'm too busy, mm -hmm. so I need someone to run it. And I said, if you are willing to partner with me, then then you can be the you know the manager of it. The at first the salesman, the technician, and everything. And mm -hmm. and uh, 
the more we looked at it, the more excited we got about it, and we started. We we purchased that in October of 2020. Is that right? No, 21. Yeah. So yeah, October of 2021, and we ran that this last year, and I'm super proud of of him and what he's done there. It's it's been a great investment for us. Um, we. You guys are going to talk about this together. Aren't yeah, you? we're going to bring him on. We're going to yeah. do a podcast with him and starting that. So we'll get, we'll save some of that for that. But it's just been really exciting to be part of that, and you know, having our own business not only gave us the ability to purchase that at the time, but it also gave us the ability to you know, know how to market it, know how to get it out to market. And we've had really a lot of success doing that in the magazines and in social media and mm -hmm. digital advertising, which are um, all things that, that we've learned just having this business and, and we help businesses with, which is which has been really cool. So that's been an exciting journey and um, we'll, we'll bring Kobe on so you can meet him and we can go through that story as well. But um, anything else we should talk about? I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know if um, I think if anybody is like working towards starting their own business or or um, who is maybe in the process and they're they're struggling they're at that first second year of, of having their own business just stick with it um, my dad had his own business and there were times where he was ready to sell it for like nothing because he was just so frustrated with it. And my mom would say, no, no way. And uh, in the end, it was a very successful business and it provided for, for my mom and my dad. And But my dad had this thing that he would tell. Did he tell you this this quote? Or I can't remember who he told. Um, he was one of my sisters. He was like, he said, there is plenty of room at the top, um, but not very many people make it because they're not willing to put forth the work. So just hang in there. You've got this. Um, I mean, we're, we're not like, um, set. We're not, you know, done with our hard work and with our, our stretching and growing, but, um, it definitely is feeling a lot better and it does get better. So just keep, keep moving forward. Um, so yeah. That's if you like the content, um, we're going to be doing more of these and uh, bringing in our friends and clients that uh, have businesses and started things. And we'll be talking about those success stories. And um, so like and subscribe, yeah. follow along and uh, ask any questions you want to ask. We're yeah. happy to go through anything. So. For sure.